Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production. Original music and hosted by Derek Wills. Copyright Lone Star Gun Rights 2019. Star Gunners, welcome to the podcast. This is Lone Star Gun Talk, the official podcast of Lone Star Gun Rights, and I am your host, as always, Derek Wills. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are live streaming on our brand new site, lsgr.live. Uh, if you are a member, then you are seeing me right now. Give me a comment if you are on desktop. Uh, we're still working out the, the mobile commenting, uh, so I don't know exactly how long that'll be before it's up and running. But uh, if you are on desktop, you can uh, comment directly at me and uh, we can interact. Uh, you are our sponsors. So for that, we thank you so much for being a part of uh, Lone Star Gun Rights, being a part of our family, being a part of our fight and helping us uh, fight against in, uh, tyranny and infringement upon our natural right to keep and bear arms. Um, we have uh, we have quite a bit of of news to get to today and um uh if you are listening to the repeat podcast version of this on itunes google play or if you're watching this uh, uh or well if you're watching this it's, it's not going to matter too much but if you're listening to the uh to the repeat audio only on itunes or google play or whatever your favorite app is uh you're missing out on quite a bit because uh there's a lot of visuals now going on into the show uh, so, uh, one of the first things that I want to talk about here is the state of South Dakota showing up the state of Texas, and that is they signed constitutional carry into bill or into law, becoming the 14th state to have constitutional carry. Meanwhile, here in Texas, we are having to fight our legislature constantly in order to make uh, constitutional carry a reality. Uh, I went over last week how Speaker Dennis Bonin had appointed Pancho Navarro as an anti-gun Democrat to be the chairman of the Homeland Security and Public Safety Committee, which is uh, has always been the committee that uh, gun-related bills go through. And as chairman, he gets the ability to table uh, any bill that he wants or bring any bill that he wants up for a vote. And if he is not a pro-gun guy, the chances of him bringing up a pro-gun bill for a vote are kind of slim to none. Uh, it's not to say that it's impossible. We're going to keep applying the pressure as always. Uh, but don't don't worry. We are going to do everything that we can. But it is going to be a much harder uh, and much more difficult uh uh, it's going to be a harder mission for us to accomplish this session than it even was last session. Uh, last session, we had uh, State Rep. Phil King, who was the chairman, and um, that whole thing was quite a fiasco. Uh, we had a competitive bill, SB 1911, that was a watered-down and, uh, and just absolutely... Well, it was kind of an egregious bill because uh, had it passed as it was written... Uh, it would have been only enforceable for if 
uh, law enforcement were to detain anybody that they see carrying and check on their status from say a uh, a uh, uh, if they're behind on child support if they're delinquent on taxes uh, basically, because all in that bill last session, that 1911 bill, in order for you to be a qualified person, quote unquote, you had to meet all of the requirements for the LTC, which includes that you cannot be delinquent in taxes, you cannot be delinquent in child support, uh, and there was just a lot of other unintended consequences that could have come out of that one. That bill passed through committee last session, uh, but it did not even pass in time for uh, the calendars committee um, to be required to act on it. Uh, and if you're not aware, the calendars committee is required uh, under House rules to pass out any legislation that it gets assigned to it within 30 days. However, if there are not 30 days left in the legislative session, then the bill can, and in the case of 1911, did die. And um, I, it is our belief that that uh, Phil King knew that it is our belief that um, the whole dog and pony show that we saw with the AG coming through and saying that we we care a lot about child support uh, and this that and the other we believe that that was all a dog and pony show just to designed to delay it until he could even pass the the watered down compromise carry bill out of committee so it could die in calendars and then uh, the blame is no longer uh, on anybody there it was just a matter of scheduling at that point uh, but you know we have uh, our our neighbors to the north um, Oklahoma that looks like they're going to be getting things soon uh, but again let's start with uh, with South Dakota and this was uh, just last week the South, uh, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem uh, signing constitutional carry into law. Check this out. More than 230 years ago, our founding fathers in this country penned our constitution that has since laid the framework for centuries of policies. Many things have changed them since then, but our American fundamental values have not. They have so firmly believed in the importance of the freedom to bear arms that they enshrined it to the Constitution's Second Amendment. Constitutional carry is a policy that's been under consideration here in the legislature for several years. It's been debated, it's been vetted, and my administration, as well as many of the legislators behind me, have heard from citizens on this issue, and the robust and thoughtful process has what has resulted in the legislation that I have in front of me today. I want to thank the legislative leadership that are here today for all of their work on this issue. And this legislation will remove the requirement to obtain a permit in order to lawfully carry a firearm for self-defense. Here in South Dakota, it's already legal to carry a firearm openly, as long as that citizen is not prohibited by law from possessing a firearm. However, under current law, if a firearm becomes covered by a coat, or if that individual chooses to carry a firearm for self-defense in a bag, then they would need to possess a concealed carry permit. This legislation I'm signing today gives South Dakotans the freedom to choose the best method that works for them. It's important to note that this legislation would also keep the permit system in place, and people will still want to obtain a permit in order to receive reciprocity in other states surrounding us and across the country. Citizens still have to meet the same requirements, 
It simply takes away the need to get a permit. I believe this legislation will further protect the Second Amendment rights of the citizens of South Dakota and this country. I will be signing this bill today and am proud that it is the very first bill that I will be signing as governor. Uh, there she goes to sign the bill and uh, makes South Dakota the uh, 14th constitutional carry state in the United States. And um, boy, is, is Texas being shown up here. Uh, we are supposed to be the pinnacle of gun rights. We are supposed to have this reputation about being a uh, a state that is absolutely as gun-friendly as you could imagine. And yet, here we are having to fight this fight as if we are somehow some sort of purple state, as if we have to compromise with Democrats in order to get anything to pass, which isn't true. Our legislative body is a, a, a pretty overwhelming majority of Republicans. Now, yes, last election, we got uh, kind of, uh, we lost a lot of really good seats, uh, but we still have a majority in both the House, a majority in the Senate. We have a, a Republican lieutenant governor and a Republican governor, and the number one legislative priority for the Republican Party of Texas is constitutional carry. Why is this so difficult? It shouldn't be. And you saw, uh, uh, um, you saw uh, G Governor Noam over there in South Dakota talk about how she was proud to sign it. Now, um, could this be political points? Sure. Uh, I'm sure that if we actually got a constitutional carry bill to Governor Abbott's desk, he would make a similar statement. Uh, but the difference there is they have a legislature that was willing to put the bill on his desk. They had the. They have a legislature that was willing to restore the rights of their their residents and citizens to keep and bear arms without first having to seek a permission slip from the government. And as you heard her say, it was already legal for people to uh, carry without a license if they were open carried, which is uh, which is actually a uh, a a a a. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for here is actually a provision that is is exists in a multitude of states, even those that do require permits. Um, Texas, you have to have a license. If you have a handgun on your person, doesn't matter if it's open or concealed, you have to have a license. And that is an atrocity. That should not be the um, that should not be the uh, the standard that we want to set. We should be the pinnacle of gun rights. We should live up to the reputation that we have set, and we should be the ones to uh, to make sure that we are setting the standard across the country for what it means to have gun rights. But yet here we are. Again, I'm not going to beat that horse anymore. It's pretty much dead. Uh, but going to uh, our neighbors to the immediate north in Oklahoma. Last legislative session, they had constitutional carry pass, and their governor vetoed it. Uh, but now, they have a new governor, and constitutional carry is another priority for the Oklahoma legislature. And uh, you'll have to pardon this report because it came out right before uh, Governor Noam uh, signed constitutional carry in in North in South Dakota. Uh, so he says Oklahoma could be the 14th, but it, it could become the 15th state in the U.S. 
to to uh, to get constitutional carry enacted. Oklahoma Check this out. could soon become the 14th state in the nation that allows residents to carry a pistol without needing a license or training. News 9's Aaron Brilbeck is covering the Capitol. Last year, the state legislature passed a bill allowing constitutional carry, but it was vetoed by Governor Mary Fallon. This year, constitutional carry could, pardon the pun, have another shot. Leaders in the House and Senate say they'd back constitutional carry. They say right now, there isn't much training required to carry a pistol. The training is, is fairly minimal, uh, but I believe that the uh, Second Amendment affords you the right without a piece of paper from the government uh, also giving you the right that the U.S. Constitution already gave you the right to, to do. It is an issue that uh, uh, I think would have a high level of support in the House of Representatives. Governor Stitt says he has no plans to veto a constitutional carry bill. If it does make it to your desk, if constitutional carry makes it to your desk, you'll sign it? Um, in concept, conceptually, absolutely, I'm going to sign it. So I would need to read through to make sure there's nothing that was weird on there. Under the proposed legislation, Oklahomans 21 and over could carry without a license or training if they don't have a felony conviction and meet the other requirements of the current law. Right now, Oklahomans have to take an eight-hour course before they can carry a weapon, open or concealed. On the scene, on the story at the state capitol, Aaron Brolbeck, News. So that is in Oklahoma right now, and uh, you know the, it is just—it goes to show that once again Texas is falling behind. Um, now they have a an age requirement of being 21, which we don't agree with. We think that if you are legally allowed to possess a firearm, which uh, under even federal law says 18. Uh, then, then you should have the then you have the right to carry that. And uh, well, that, that right now HB three fifty seven uh, as as it's currently filed does have a twenty one year old uh, restriction in it, which we are trying to uh, get subbed out. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see how the legislature even goes because, like I said, it's going to be an uphill battle for us to even get uh, to even get a hearing on it, let alone get it to be out of committee uh, but what's what's really interesting is just how there is there's really no traction here in texas and um uh, the the best that we have to, to really hope for is a law here that does essentially nothing and uh if you uh, if if you check this out this is a um this is an article that we posted up uh earlier this week or I'm sorry, last week, uh, it says Senate bill would allow Texans to carry uh, with uh, carry guns in church. And if you read through here, it says Senate bill 535 filed by Senator Donna Campbell would secure gun rights for those who wish to carry in churches or other pla places of worship, according to a press release. Um, but here, uh, and however, it does not restrict churches from posting 30-06 or 30-07 signs from uh, from their rights to prohibit weapons in church. So um, I'm curious as to what this bill actually does because that's current law. Uh, if you check out, um, uh, let me see if I can find it here in the Texas Penal Code. Um, pardon me for just a moment. Okay. So I have the Texas Penal Code pulled up right here, and this is section 46.035, unlawful carrying of a handgun by a license holder. Now we're gonna go to section B down here, or subsection B, 
A license holder commits an offense if the license holder intentionally, knowingly, or recklessly carries a handgun under the authority of the LTC code, regardless if it's concealed or carried in a shoulder or belt holster, on or about their person, and then here are the provisions. And if we go down to six, on the premises of a church, synagogue, or other established place of worship, that would lead most to believe that it is prohibited. However, if you come down here to subsection I, Remember, I just highlighted subsection B6. Subsection I says subsections B4, 5, and 6, as well as subsection C, do not apply if the actor was not given effective notice under section 30-06 or 30-07. So that is current law. That is the way that, that that's the way it currently exists in uh, the Texas Penal Code. So what exactly does this law do? Uh, well, it all it does is lowers the offense uh, because under Section 30.6, 30.7, the way it exists now is that it's a Class C misdemeanor finable, uh, punishable by a fine of $200 if you walk past a sign, uh, but it is a Class A misdemeanor if you're asked to leave and then refuse to do so. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to get done is we want it to be... Uh, we The signage requirements are really dumb. And they don't deter anybody from posting them up. The whole theory behind it and the reason people like it is they're ugly and it makes the uh, face of their business aesthetically unpleasing. And so they will just not want to post it. Well, they do post it. And so it doesn't actually change anything. Um, so what we would actually like to do is get rid of the signage requirements. So technically any gun buster sign will work. However, it is not an enforceable offense until somebody who is an authority at the business asks you to leave or conceal and you refuse to do so because at that point you're trespassing anyway. And so that's what we would like to see done. Um, and even that it shouldn't be a class A misdemeanor. That's a, that's a bit excessive. That is a, uh, that is a year in jail. Um, and all for a minor trespass. And, and let's face it, if somebody is, is walking in there with a handgun with the intent to do harm, uh, nobody's going to care about that misdemeanor. They're going to care about the several felony charges uh, that uh, they have committed subsequently uh, in their act uh, that, you know, besides the sign. So let's go to this bill. This is Senate Bill 535 as currently filed. And it says, an act relating to the uh, prosecution and punishment for the offense of unlawfully carrying a handgun in a church, or I'm sorry, by a license holder. Now, uh, if you're not familiar, um, anything that is uh, not underlined or struck is existing law. And as I showed earlier, here is subsection B of 46.035. Now, if it is underlined, it is new, and if it is struck, it is getting rid of it. So, six, they strike out on the premises of a place of worship, and it says, except as provided by this subsection, an offense, an offense under 4, 5, or C, which used to be uh, down here on I, uh, is, is now the same offense as it would be. Um, if it was just a regular 30-06 or 30-07 um, violation. So all it really does is changes the, changes the punishment, which I agree with. We're not trying to say that we don't support this bill, but to say that it legalizes carrying in churches is a lie. 
Now, this is not an attack on Senator Donna Campbell, uh, because I mean, as from a from a standpoint of current law, I mean, yes, it's a it's an advancement in gun rights and the fact that. Well, actually, no, I take that back. It is not an advancement of gun rights, but it is uh, good in the fact that they are reducing the existing punishment uh, for violating uh, carrying in a church uh, to the original 30.6, 30.7 provisions. But it doesn't actually do what the headlines are saying that it does. Now, uh, again, this is not a... Uh, this is not an indictment against Senator Campbell. In fact, I've reached out to her. Uh, so if, if Senator Donna Campbell is your senator, which she is in the New Braunfels area, if she is your senator, write her and, and ask her to, uh, to respond to our inquiry. Uh, now, in fairness, I just reached out to her today, and today is Sunday. Uh, so... Uh, I don't know how long it'll take her to respond, but reach out to her and, and ask her. All I want to do is I want to talk to her about this, and I want to see why this would be her priority instead of constitutional carry. Um, we have we have problems in this state, and that is we don't live up to our reputation, as I've said a thousand times just on this program today. Uh, let's go to this website. This is the Cato Institute uh, and the Cato Institute is a libertari libertarian think tank that posts up a lot of very good information that uh, um, that people should read. If you if you don't follow the Cato Institute, I highly recommend that you do. They are they they are always on the side of liberty. So if you're if you're a conservative, uh, they might post some things that you don't particularly care for, uh, but it's all done very fairly. Uh, you can see here that these orange states are the top five states for gun rights. And Texas, if you click it, is ranked 29th. We are in the bottom half of, uh, of the 50 states whenever it comes to gun rights. And there are a lot of things that, as to why. And in fact, you can see since 2000, we have slowly been losing our gun rights. More and more and more because of the fact that we are we are a state that is trailing behind. We haven't actually advanced gun rights at all. You can see here, 2014 to 2015, this is when open carry happened. Right here, we went from 33rd to 28th because we actually legalized open carry. But it's licensed, and then nothing changed. We lowered the LTC fee last session. And that dropped us down to 29th because other states are surpassing us. We are not doing a good job at this. And I would actually recommend, I'm going to link this in show notes, I would actually recommend you reread this whole analysis here as to why it is that uh, that we are, uh, we are falling so far behind. Uh, regulatory, uh, for policy recommendations, re-legalize managed care... Uh, Oh, wait, this is, uh, I'm sorry, this has nothing to do with gun rights down here, uh, but the analysis uh, has to do with uh, economic policy as well. Um, but yeah, you should definitely read up on this. Um, and if you just go around, Oklahoma is 33rd. Guess what's going to happen whenever they get constitutional carry? It's going to skyrocket. Uh, South Dakota, this hasn't been updated for South Dakota, but they're currently 14th, and they're going to skyrocket as soon as well now as soon as they update this um you you even have Kansas here uh, at, at number 1 
because of things where they have done uh, such a great job in uh, in advancing firearms freedom for their residents. And yet here in Texas, we are falling behind just so very much. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you, if you have not done so already, uh, I'm going to ask you to... Uh, to sign our constitutional carry petition. Um, and what this does is it, it, it makes it to where we are, um, it, it makes it to where I, I have a, I have to apologize, ladies and gentlemen, I am not used to being live, so uh, you will have to bear with me. I'm gonna get better, I promise. Uh, this is just you putting in for your information for us and it, we will deliver this to this to the Capitol. We will print out every single petition that we make. We will print out every one of them, bring them in boxes, and we will uh, dump them on the floor of the legislature like we did last session. We, we brought them into the committee hearing. Uh, us, along with uh, NAGR, we brought in over 70,000 petitions between the two of us and uh we dumped them it, it was just boxes it almost covered phil king as he sat in the chair and all of that was for hb 375 at the time and yet he ended up passing out hb 1911 um so please go to lsgr.live cc petition and uh sign our petition if you have not already again i will link it in show notes and uh, make sure you sign that and if you're not a member Please sign up for lsgr.live for just $6 a month, and um, uh, you will be able to watch the live stream uh, live every Sunday at noon, and you will be able to comment with me and interact with me uh, during the show. Uh, so um, that is going to do it for me today. Uh, I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your week, and I hope that uh, you... Spread the word and help us get everything passed that we need to get passed. Get active because that is what's going to matter. Until next Sunday, Lone Star Gunners, arm yourself with knowledge and share the ammo.